So Malo and Evie doing the tahi this May 4th. May the 4th be with you. Towers. Uh, I feel like I'm um <laughs> I feel like I have a list when I say May the 4th. May the 4th be May with you. I already have a you. list but it just sounds like me saying May the 4th be with you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's yeah, not get yeah, Jesus. Uh we're nine days, 15 hours, 59 minutes and 55 seconds away from Mother's Day. They haven't already booked those flowers. You are not getting them. Yeah, order your stuff. Do not forget Mother's Day. Do not ignore your mum on Mother's Day. We've reminded you. Uh, this is the second time we've reminded you. So come on. No people. excuses. No excuses. You Mother's Day. Get her, I don't know. What's well, like a staple Mother's Day gift? I actually really love the idea of getting your parents a mug that says world's best mom or dad every time. Yeah, I, I just get my mum world's a... best mug mugs, but I tend to buy her um, chunky, over-elaborate jewellery because she is a woman of a certain age and that's mm. her look now. Mm. So mm. it's not what I would wear, but she looks great in it. My mom gets Chris Pie Fives. Um, coming up on the show today, we've got everything from Comedy Festival Month. Uh, we're talking about a brand new music video we're premiering on the Tahi website. We've also got an incredible interview. Tell me a bit more about that. Evie. Got an amazing interview coming up with Alice Stewart, who's a journalist here at RNZ, and she's written a huge in-depth piece about land erosion and uh, managed retreat for Marae. So it's really interesting. Looking forward to that interview. That's coming up uh, not too long. It's coming up soon. Don't you worry don't about go. it. I yeah. did want to mention, though, uh, the uh, is it the king's coronation? Is that one? That yeah, is? the king's coronation. That's coming up now. I don't care about that. Mm. What I do care about is an incredible plug-in. Did you see this? Oh yes, yes. Um, so uh, Picari Mike uh, is, is a like a like a browser extension, a plugin for your Google Chrome or Firefox. Um, for people that still use Firefox mm, in twenty twenty three, you, yeah. you add the plugin and it replaces news about the coronation, or just any royal gossip with indigenous news. Yeah. And I don't know how they coded that, but it's genius, and I love it, and I want to see more of it, and I'm now that I know, they only just released on Google Chrome, like, today. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to I'm gonna add that, because I, I, as much as I love the plugin, I'm not, I wasn't going to get Firefox. Yeah. I'm hearing it's on billboards now, apparently, our producer's saying. Oh, very cool. You know what else is on a billboard? What? Picture of us. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know. Ah, but now I'm humble. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But now we're talking about the Met Gala. Met Gala, biggest night of the year for rich people and people who like outfits. Um, I loved it. Did you check any of it out, any look? I saw a bit. I mean, it was like all over Twitter. It was kind of like unavoidable to some degree. But yeah, I'm just not like super interested in the Met Gala. I just, it's not my thing. Well, you know what? Too bad. Because what we're doing right now <laughs> is we're going to go through all the looks. Well, some of the looks that some I've picked looks. out. And okay. you're going to tell me what you think of them. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you minimal information about the look. So we're going to start with uh, Rihanna and ASAP Rocky. Uh, she is wearing a, for the listeners out there who haven't seen the pic, she's wearing sort of a white thing with some flowered bubble. Yeah, it's kind of, she looks like a... The Michelin Man. The, big, the what? The Michelin Man. The Michelin Man. The big, like... I don't know. It's just, like, a weird... Like, I mean, it's Rahana, so I think it's cool, but I think what? if anyone else wore it, I'd be like, ugh. I like ASAP Rocky, though. He's so New York. He's got jeans on. Yeah, like, jeans and a skirt, very Avril Lavigne. Is it a skein or is it a, is it a, is it a kilt? I think it's a kilt. I'm going... I'm giving I'm giving it a solid nine. 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 Out of 10. Okay, mm. moving on, moving right along. We've got Cardi B. Um, Queen. Thoughts. Body air. All right. I just I love it. She just I read somewhere she like changed outfit. 
Yeah, like, so she she at the Met Gala, right? They all leave the same hotels, mm. and a lot of photos get taken of them leaving the hotel. So her leaving the hotel look was a different look than what she arrived in, which is iconic in my. Do opinion. they have to? Did they get changed in the car? So, she she you... must have. I don't know how she did it. I don't know how she did it, but I love Cardi B. I'm gonna I'm gonna say like, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. Yeah. All right, moving right along. Uh, this is Jenna Ortega and Tom Brown. I saw this one. They just won't let this woman be anything but Wednesday. That's what I was yeah. saying. I was like, wow, Gerard Way, you look great out there. Like, yeah. I, as an emo, I like it. But mm. also, I'm like, let this girl not be Wednesday. Yeah, they're just like... It's Monday. Ju- yeah, she's allowed She's allowed to be something other than Wednesday. It's a cool fit. Like, cool don't get me wrong. Yeah, I think great. it's sick. I can't see the shoes too well, but uh, they look like... Are they heels? Yeah, they're big, big heels. I would have gone with docs, personally. Yeah, I would have gone with docs, personally. I'll give it a 7 out of 10. Let this woman be anything but Wednesday Adams. True that. that All right, moving right along. Let's keep this ball rolling. Um, this is uh, Doja Cat. Mm. Uh, she did prosthetic thing to be um, Karl Lagerfeld's cat. Mm. She's wearing Oscar de la Renta. Mm. Uh, very interested in your thoughts on this one. I saw her do every interview meowing. Yeah. Yeah. What are your thoughts? For her, like, I just, because she stayed in character, I'm going 10 out of 10. Okay. Like, you know, like, she really, like, uh, like, really lived the role. Like, how Jared Leto, apparently, like, when he was playing the Joker in the Batman, uh, in the Suicide Squad stuff, and he was, like, went all in and, like, started sending people, like, death threats. Do you yeah. remember that? Yeah. We're going to yeah. get to Jared Leto eventually. <laughs> Ugh. Um, out, but out of 10, 10 out of 10 for Doja uh, 10 Cat. out of 10, 10 out of 10. All right, keep, let's keep this ball rolling. Little Nas X, 10 out of 10. It's just, it's, it's so weird. Even the boot. <laughs> Have Even you seen, the boot. I've seen the photo from the other side. And it just shows it shows little Nas X's butt cheeks. <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing. Is that the ten out of ten for you? <laughs> it's the ten out of ten. I love little Nas X. I think pop off. Yeah, I like him too. He's great. Yeah. All right. Uh, we've got a couple more here. We've got Bad Bunny. Also, bum exposed in the back. Was his bum exposed in the back? Yeah. Oh, I was it his bum that. or was it just his back? But there's like a massive cutout in the back of his suit. Like a nice uh, backless moment. Yeah. Uh, look. Nah, um, five out of ten. I loved this look. I loved this look. If the back was closed, it was just weird. Like, everything else about it's really cool. I felt like it was like a random detail to, like, add in. I'm into, I mean, out of ten, though? Out of ten, you're giving him a... Five. Five. All right, moving it along. Sorry, Bad Bunny. Let's do a leaper and uh, couture. Yeah, ten. It's just simple. It's great. Beautiful. I like it, yeah. That necklace is worth, like, millions of dollars. Really? Yeah. Should pull off an Ocean's Eight at that. Yeah, it's, you know a, it's I mean? literally like, like it's Tiffany's. It's like a whole. It's a whole thing because she looks beautiful. Mm. She looks beautiful. Uh, moving right along, Lizzo. And uh, before you comment on this one, this is the one I'm most excited about because uh, Karl Lagerfeld, who was a big designer for Chanel, who this whole thing is in honor of, mm. uh, real uh, openly had a problem with plus size women his entire life. Uh, real, real not nice mm. about us. Real, real hater. Um, and so Chanel does not make a lot of plus-size clothing. Mm. And this is a recreation of a 90s ready-to-wear look. Oh, really? Uh, that, so this is one of the first times ever that a plus-size woman has worn a ready-to-wear Chanel piece. I like it. I'll give it a 10. I like it too. Yeah, I wouldn't have gone like with the, the glove, um, but I do. I, I really like I it. I like... Are those Are those like diamonds? Yeah, they're, they're like little... The, they're like pearls. I like how it like hangs down the side. I think it's cool. It's like a belt. 
thing. Yeah. It looks cool. Yeah, 10. 10. 10. Yeah. It's just simple. It doesn't, you know, like, I like simple. I'm a simple person. I'm looking at the thumbnails. I see what's next. Yeah. Uh, this is... Jared this, Leto. unfortunately, <laughs> is Jared Leto dressed as Karl Lagerfeld's cat should pet. Uh, and he has decided that bringing uh, furries to the runway is what he wanted to do. It's just dumb. Thank you. I like, hate it. I, like, I don't know much about fashion, but like I thought the whole idea of the Met Gala is it's supposed to be like inspired by, not just like I'm going to get like some Hollywood people to like build a fursuit. Like, like aren't you supposed to wear outfits that would, like in theory, right, you'd wear an outfit that's like inspired by, you'd like get pieces made that are inspired by the cat. Yeah. Like Doja Cat. Doja Cat did it right. I mean, the prosthetics was a bit far for me and meowing in all the interviews, but like, yeah, I just feel like like wearing a straight up like fursuit's kind of like cheating. I just think it is evil, and I think that it's um, an embarrassment. And I like I don't know what it is about Jared Leto because like I mean in a shocking choice no one could have possibly seen coming. I really liked Thirty Seconds to Mars, mm, um, so mm. I was into it. But he just something about it makes me irrationally angry. Yeah, I also like, and so I'm showing up in this. I was like fuming. I'm like red in the face. Yeah, I also like cults. So you know I like Jared Leto. I was um, in a cult. Yeah, he runs one, doesn't he? Oh, um, I mean, I didn't know that until now, but that is the least surprising thing (laughs) I've ever heard. But yeah, that was the Met Gala. Um, Fashion experts all on uh, all the best looks of the night. I want to say probably my favourite look of the night was, um, I want to say it was, is it Tyree Brian William? I forget his name exactly. He was Paperboy on Atlanta. And he had like the big the coat big, thing. Yeah. I thought that was sick. Him and um, Shia something Alexandra. I don't know him. I've never seen, but I seen his photo going around. He had like a coat on. Like he just looked. There's They're some cool. great outfits. Like, like simple. That's what I like. But yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I also dress like this. I wish I wear sweatshorts like on a regular basis. So I don't know if I can like judge the color. <laughs> Earlier this week, I was lucky enough to catch up with journalist Alice Stewart, who has just released a big in-depth piece about climate change, land erosion, and management tree formidae. Here it is. I'm joined now by Ella, who is a journalist here at RNZ, to talk about her story on coastal erosion and managed retreat formidae. Kia ora, Ella. Thank you for joining me. Uh, Nice to be here. I'm excited. Could you tell me a little bit of a summary about your story? Because it's quite a long piece. Yeah, yeah. So it's basically just um, the story of how climate change impacts Māori, um, but with particular reference to coastal marae. So, I mean, the impacts of climate change will fall disproportionately on Māori. We know that there have been studies to show that, but um, I suppose in the wake of Cyclone Gabrielle, I just wanted to kind of look at um, coastal erosion because those one in a hundred year floods that Cyclone Gabrielle was are going to be happening more frequently. Yeah, wanted to look at marae and how they were impacted. Marae are often hubs of the community in times of crisis, right? Um, they are places for people to get kai, to sleep. They provide mattresses. They're such a big part of our community. But what happens when those places won't be there in 50 years, right? So we kind of looked around at the country, looked at where um, marae will be most impacted by coastal erosion and spoke to some of those marae, which was quite an interesting and sobering experience, yeah. So was Cyclone Gabrielle a big spark for you to start yeah. investigating the situation? Yeah, I think so. It, as I said, it's that in times of crisis, they really are 
such hubs, mm. right? Um, and actually, we saw a few marae that were quite impacted, red-stickered, and then they mm. had to remove all their carvings, remove all their taonga from the marae. Um, and that was really upsetting for Fano to see, right? And I think it kind of served as a reminder for, um, I mean, obviously, the hapu and iwi in that area, but also across the motu, right? You're looking, you're watching the news, um, and you're seeing these marae on the coast that were impacted by this flood, and you're going, is that going to happen to us Mm. Um, and we kind of wanted to get a gauge from people across the country if they were talking about it if they were talking about those options because managed retreat is a really tricky conversation to be having yeah this is a personal story for you as Māori yeah so how does that impact your Mm. writing when you're going about putting this together I only do te ao Māori, right? So I work mm. in the in-depth team kind of doing deep dives into te ao Māori issues. So everything feels personal. Everything, I feel quite a great responsibility in my role is that everything I'm reporting on affects our people. Mm. This is an issue that I don't think is nearly talked about enough for Māori. My marae up north, I'm from um, Ngāpuhi, I'm from... Um, I'm actually from many places across the country, but um, one of my hapu is Nati Manu, and we have a marae um, just about 15 minutes from Waitangi, and I wouldn't say it's particularly coastal, so it's not as if my marae won't be there in 50 years. But as Māori, everything is about connections. Everything is about whakapapa. Everything is about whakawhanaungatanga. Even though I'm not being directly impacted as such, I see our whanau as Māori across the country and think... Gosh, if that was happening to me, like what mm. would I, what I, what would I be thinking? Um, I'm not personally affected by it in such as um, the coastal erosion thing, but I think for Māori, we're so tied to the Fenua. Like that's such a huge thing of Tiao Māori, right? Everything comes back to the Taiao. Um, everything comes back to the Fenua. When your identity is so inherently linked to it, um, what do you do when you have to leave, leave the Fenua that you've been um, at for generations now? It's such a loss, and and for some people, and I think for many Māori, it's a loss of identity, mm. like a, a loss of ties to your identity or whakapapa links. I mean, we have Komatua who have been there for um, generations now, right, because we had such a big period of land lo- loss mm. in Aotearoa, right? We had that government-sanctioned um, land confiscation, and so it meant that we had this. we now have this very stay-put we don't have land, so we need to stay put. The The term ahika comes to mind, which kind of just means keep the home fires burning. So, yeah, it's it's a really hard conversation to have. It's a very complex mm. conversation. Mm. And it's a very, there's a lot of different perspectives. There's mm. a lot to consider. So how does that affect your process of putting all of this together and I, choosing who to talk to? Yeah, so, I mean, it is it is complex and it's emotional and that means you kind of have to approach the story with quite a degree of sensitivity. As, as with a lot of Māori kaupapa, in the wake of Cyclone Gabrielle, I mean, the first thing I wanted to do was go to those marae that were red-sticking and go, OK, cool, does this mean you have to do a managed retreat? Like, what are you going to do now? But you can't just go to them straight away because they're picking up the pieces of what has been an incredibly traumatic event. So it's being quite considered with who you speak to and realising that a lot of these conversations, a lot of the kōrero is um, still happening internally and they're not ready to explicitly speak to the media yet. And you have to be respectful of that. So, I mean, a lot of my work in the early stages of bringing together the story was actually calling around different hapu, different iwi, different marae, and just speaking to them off the record. And we do that a lot as journalists, right? And saying, 
I'm I'm working on the story. Is is a is managed retreat a conversation you're having? Like, mm. and them saying, yeah, it is, but we're not ready to talk to you about it yet. I suppose with this thing, with this story, it was speaking to Hapu that watched the impacts of Cyclone Gabrielle, but weren't exactly directly impacted. So I, I spoke to one Hapu, um, just two kilometres south from, from Katikati, this lovely man called um, Nairo Uruwera. Um, and he used to be the chair of the Marae, but he's kind of stepped back from a lead, the leadership roles there. He kind of said he was up. He, their, their Marae and their papakainga, so their houses, are situated on coastal land, low-lying land, on wetlands. So he was up from midnight onwards on the night of Cyclone Gabrielle kind of watching the river rise, a river kind of snakes around their Marae. They weren't impacted, but just watching the river level rise is enough to go, OK. We need to have these conversations. Um, so they've kind of engaged with this um, Takarangi research, which is this research, small research team, which has kind of worked with them to develop tikanga-based solutions. Uh, what I did want to touch on is that more than that, if managed retreat isn't an option, it's thinking of other things, mm. other options, right? Because there are people who are digging their heels in and fear to them. There are Fano I spoke to who said, they're not leaving. We're mm. not going. We know we have to. We're not. So it's thinking about other options, right? So whether that's um, building seawalls around the marae, whether that's um, putting the marae up on stilts or the and, and the whare around it. So, yeah, it's complex in that it's not an easy discussion for Māori. We also have to realise that some of these komato won't want to leave mm. and so what can we do if they don't want to leave you have to kind of respect that yeah or do we plan for the future do we plan for how our tamariki what they will do and putting them in the best vantage point um for them to succeed yeah yeah, yeah it's tricky so what now yeah i mean that's kind of what the end is what we what we end on i mean it's kind of having those conversations with government having them with local government so those councils and because a lot of this costs a lot of money. It's mm. a lot of putia to do a managed retreat. Previously, our, our tipu now, our ancestors were really nomadic in their way of life. Um, and that's something everyone was saying to me. So w- our ancestors would have a, a summer home and a winter place to go, and that's when we had a lot more land. So what I've been told is that this idea of being quite um, stationary is quite new to Te Ao Māori. Um, so maybe kind of what, what people were saying to me is maybe it's going back to a time where we move seasonally. Because the reason there are so many coastal marae, there are 191 coastal marae across the wow. country. Um, six, 61 of those are in Te tai, is in Te tai Tukiro, so up north, and then um, a lot more around that coast. So Te tai Rafati, Hawke's Bay, Napier, Tauranga Moana. Um, it's kind of going, should we be moving seasonally? Because the reason we were there was to collect Kaimoana. Mm. It's a good va- vantage point. You can see your enemies coming. It's going back to those um, that knowledge that our, our tipuna had, that um, that that matauranga, and looking back to go forward. That's mm. what everyone's been saying, and that's quite a Maori way of thinking. Going, what did our ancestors do, and how can we use that matauranga to move forward? Um, some this lovely man I spoke to, this this man um, Nairo, said to me, "This is a millions year old conflict between Tane Mahuta, Tafiri Matia, and Tangaroa." Um, and all that's happening is now now is that we're getting caught in the middle of it. 
That was journalist Alice Stewart uh, talking about her in-depth piece on erosion and management treat formidae. If you want to check out the full article, which I recommend you do, uh, check it out on rnz.co.nz. If you get lost on the website, it'll be under the um, Te Ao Māori tab, or just type in erosion and it'll pop up. Um, I love talking to Ella. I think the mahi she does at RNZ is just like so important. And she's so smart. So it was great. Yeah, I... Um... I really appreciate, too, the graphics and things like that. I think I it really helps. Uh, on the article, there's a bunch of images and graphics and things like that that sort of, like, really help you visualise and push that point of exactly how serious this is and mm. really gets that across the line. I think I think that, like, really helped me, like, fully understand and comprehend it, although I think I have a pretty good idea just as, like, a PI, sort of the feelings of climate change. Yeah, climate change. Oh. <laughs> Let's lighten the mood. Let's lighten the mood, yeah. Climate change, bad. Other stuff, good. I wanted to talk about how it's there's like this phenomenon in Aotearoa about being in traffic and you're driving and maybe, you know, lanes aren't really changing and you flip your indicator on, you're just sitting there and you're hoping, you're praying, your fingers are crossed and somebody lets you in and you finally get to pull in. Oh my God, it is a beautiful feeling. You get into that lane. How do you thank that person? A mm, lot of different ways to go about this A lot of different ways. There is mm. ye old classic, hit the hazards. Yeah, hit the hazards. That is like the most flash, New flash. Zealand thing. They don't do it, obviously. At least I haven't seen it. Really? They just hit the hazards. Well, we hit the hazards. I like the wave. I'm a big fan windows... of the wave and the rear view, and I kind of do like a ceremonious pretend I'm turning around to thank them, but I'm driving a car, so I'm more like... And I just How do you wave? wave? Do I you just wave do... Through? One of these, I just wave my little hand around. Sometimes I do like a like almost a peace sign, but I think that might come mm. off a bit rude. But you know, little little wavy, swish swish. You know? uh, I do my father's. Just a three hand yeah, flick. A... Oh, three hand. Yeah, three, three hand, fingers. Three fingers. Flick. Yo. Flick but like my favorite thing is like so. Um, you know, they like in New Zealand. There's one type of honk, mm. and that is beep up yours that's that one beep that like beeping anything to do with the horn is to say buddy where'd you get your driver's license did you get it in a box of wheat bags (laughs) that's that's what that but in Samoa there's like two different honks so there's holding the horn that's the same thing up yours where'd you get the driver's license box of wheat bags Um, but then there's the little tap and the tap is hi hello how are you thank you Appreciate you. Have a nice day. I mean, any of those. That's Friendly a little, you're little. You get a little beep beep. You know beep. that means like shadows. That's what that is. But my auntie, whenever she comes from South back to Auckland and she honks at people, she's like, "Why are people swearing at me?" Aww, <laughs> I'm like, auntie. I'm like, oh, auntie, you can't do that. <laughs> like, it doesn't mean that. She like someone litter and she'd be like beep beep, and the people are like, Aww. and she's like, "What's going on?" <laughs> That's so sad. It's so funny. Like, it's just, it's like, it's like almost like honking the horns a separate language. It's so funny. Because, like, yeah, you go around some where people, like, honk at each other. And, like, when I first moved over there, I was like, man, people are just angry on the roads. But, like, I was like, oh, no, like, you know, like, nobody, like, you just hit the horn. And you're like, shot out. But, like, yeah, my auntie, my poor auntie. She's always, every time, too. Every time she comes here, she forgets. I mean, it's interesting because it's like different in different cities as well. Like when in, in Wellington, there's a lot of there's a lot of streets that are just a nightmare and never should have been built in the first place. Oh, if amen. you've been on Devon Street, 
Have you heard of Devon Street? Is it a one-way road? It's it's not. It should oh, be. Okay. It's the street in Aro that like goes up to the uni. I used to live on it because I was stupid and didn't think about anything. But it's so narrow and so sharp and so steep that like you have to let each other round. Otherwise, like someone's rolling down the hill, you're gonna have a drama. And like one time, I let this person go, and I'm in a I'm a precarious situation. I'm like handbrakes on. I'm gonna release it. Fall down the hill. No wave. No hazard light, oh. no no head lift, no nod, nothing. And when I tell you, like, my heart was broken. I was like, I have just let you go around this corner. Like, everyone's out to get me. Like, it was enough to ruin my day. It was so upsetting. Actually, I'm, I think we're forgetting about one signal. What's and that? that is the rural Hit the high beams. Oh, hit the high yeah, beams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slow yeah. down. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, That's yeah. what that, yeah. you got to appreciate that we have, a, like, a whole whole own language on the road. Yeah, like. man. <laughs> Flip the headlights, slow down, bro. Yeah, yeah. There's a whole universal language, but genuinely, out of curiosity, if somebody lets you in in traffic, do you hit the hazards? Do you hit the wave? Do you hit both? Maybe you hit the diggy. I don't know. You hit the nene? <laughs> Let me know. We're going to check a poll up on the Tahia Instagram story. Um, but getting back into it. Uh, not only is it New Zealand Music Month, uh, public holiday no-go zone month, mm, yeah. uh, it's also New Zealand Comedy Festival this month. Amen. Amen. Um, we love the New Zealand Comedy Festival. There's so much on. There are so many shows. Yeah, I looked at the lineup on the website. It's kind of and like and it's it's nice to see that it's not Auckland centric. It's yeah. like up and down the country. Even like really regional stuff. There's some big acts heading around the country. Yeah, we've got some international ones coming as well, which is really exciting. I'm really excited to see Kura Forrester. Mm. She's like the funniest person I've ever. I met her for two seconds in a bathroom at an award show, and like <laughs> I was like, "You're the funniest, most charismatic person I've ever met." And she has jokes about being on Shortland Street, and I feel like that's quite juicy to me. Mm. So I'm looking forward to that. But my main question is, where's my show? You know, no one called me up and said, "Hey, Evie, I met you in a bathroom once for two minutes, and you were the funniest, most charismatic person I've ever met." Mm. Here's a mm. show. I just feel like. Considering that this is the this year has, I remember you mentioning it's like the most women on a comedy fest lineup. Yeah. So, but here's the thing with that it was like I think it's the most women, but then someone told me it wasn't. But then they couldn't tell me what year it was, and I was looking into it. But then I ran out of time. But there's lots of women on it, which is good. Unfortunately, you were not included as one of those women. I was not included as mm. one of those women. Mm. Um, it's fine. <laughs> Um, I'm not. I like, feel like it's not fine. I feel no, like you're really offended by no, I'm not even. I just, you know, like um, I'm not even a comedian, and I'm like, give <laughs> yeah. me a show. I I feel like I've never wanted to do stand up because I already have like in the past doing radio. I had five shows a week, and I'm like, man, I'm, like, I'm, I don't. Do I need an extra day to do stand up. <laughs> Should I like, do my job again? <laughs> yeah, like, but you know what's really funny? As much as I love this job and doing like doing radio in the past and things like that, I love talking to my audience when they can't talk back and I can't see them, you know? Like, yeah. stand up in front of a crowd is a whole different, like, I did stand up when I was, like, 18. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I did all right, but it, I, I stopped, like, immediately. Mm. Um, but in saying that, though, if anyone saw my show when I was 18, they would say, hey, Evie, you should have another show. <laughs> so, yeah, looking forward to Comedy Fest. We're going to have some interviews over the month. Mm. Where can people check out to find out more about some of the gigs that are coming up? Comedyfestnz.co.nz. Mm. Actually, I just go called Comedy Fest. Yeah, if you search comedy, comedy Fest, it pops up. Yeah. Um, there's a whole list and a calendar of all the shows you can check out all up and down the country. But now I want to talk about international musicians 
and when they come to or just actually you know what not just musicians but musicians in particular are like the biggest crims for this and that is like the blatant appealing to New Zealanders oh my God. and their audience so we were talking about Jack Harlow the other day and how um, our manager went to a Jack Harlow concert and he was just like shout out to Sylvia Park like yeah. one of my favorite lines has to be it's so dumb <laughs> like I really of kind all of the places. yeah you're like shout out to the mall like you know like <laughs> one of the many malls in Auckland and New Zealand like but like um Ed Sheeran walking out on stage wearing just like an All Blacks jersey yeah it's such a classic and everyone's like oh my god he knows who the All Blacks are who yeah. are like one of the most successful sports teams in the world oh my god why does no one walk out with a Warriors jersey on you know I mean, I mean, up your game, G. Yeah, yeah, up your game, Warriors. Maybe they'll start walking out in your jerseys. I love it though. It's like one of those just, it's it's really cringy to me, but I fall for it every time. Yeah, me too. Like you know, I'm just like, like um, didn't Harry Styles come out with the Tina Ranga Tina Tonga? I think so. Yeah, yeah. They came out with the New Zealand. I was like, it's just like it's so it's like it's immediately cringy, but at the same time, like. Nah, that's kind of sick. Yeah, no, it's one of those things where in the moment I'm like, oh my God, this is great. I love yeah. it. It's amazing. And afterwards I like act like it's cringe. I'm like, oh my God, like trying to appeal to New Zealanders so much. and But deep down I'm like, oh my God, they know we're here. They know something about us. My favourite was um, at Juicy Fest last year or was it this year? Nelly came out with the salmon flag. Oh, that's sick. And immediately that's not cringe. That's 685, baby. You know what I mean? <laughs> Mm, love to see that. I was, I was like, I was just like, yeah, gee, let's, lady, let's take Nelly to the hood. Let's take him to Otala. Let's show him a parade. I didn't even know Nelly came here. I missed that. Yeah, yeah, you know, he came out with the sound. Is he still doing like, the band aid? I, I think he's moved on. Yeah, you'd that. hope that so. Lift, uh, Lisa Lift Eye Lopez. God rest in peace Horrible. to the God. Um, but yeah, it, <laughs> I love, I just love how easy it is to just make me go like, yay. Like, yay. Just, like my big dumb brain just sees a celebrity and like something Kiwi or, or someone. I'm just like, do the man, G. Like, <laughs> yeah, mean, oh, what a gangster. Like, <laughs> what is something, um, something else that they could do more specific that would like win you over? Is it like they're at the bakery or something else very um, New zealand Fiji sung, um... Oh, I'm forgetting the song. He sung uh, Wyatta, like a real classic one, when he came here for One Love One Year. And I, it like just was like one of those things that was just like, yeah, like yeah. that, do more of that. Like, you know, like I thought that was really cool. And like acknowledged more than just pop culture. Yeah. yeah like yeah, actually yeah, yeah, acknowledged yeah. Aotearoa on a deeper level. And I like really appreciated that. I mean, Fiji is the man. Like that, that, that this is a pioneer of the music scene. Um so him singing that was like, you know, not surprising for it to come from him, but I just feel like I'd love to see more of that because that feels a little more personal, a little less, hey, look at me. Hey. Like, yeah, yeah. I just think uh, for me, the thing that would really, really get me, every musician that comes here does a big wrong cover. Huh. That would be for me if I'm at, I'm at one of my weird emo shows. And they're doing some weird or some weird metal thing, mm. and then they're coming at me with like a metal cover of "Sway" by Beck Runger. Mm. I'll love you forever. Mm. I love mm. you forever. Everyone also, love loves Beck Runger. Runger. Yeah, oh. she's the best. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Yeah. Um, uh, like two weeks ago, I went to Sam V through a show at Nick of the Woods, and it was like a farewell. Uh, concert oh, before he went over to the states for a couple months and then i think he's going to australia and one of the opening acts was an artist by the name of elena a young uh tongan artist from south auckland and far out she is just uh, like beautiful voice mm. such a talent 
did a really jazzy stuff. She came up on stage with the astronauts who are well known for touring with Disciple Putsy, also known as Putsy. Um, she is incredible. I reached out to Eddie, got some music from her catalog that she's got, and she's actually got a single with Eddie um, that we have the music video for. And that's going to be going up on our website tonight, right? Tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning. So from uh, tomorrow, Acker Friday. Mm. Uh, check it out on our website. It's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's a, awesome. It's, it, like, I've seen some of the previews for the music video. It looks great. I love Eddie and I love his matchups. I think he does such a good job of like really capturing what an artist does well mm. and amplifying that into what we call like a, a radio record you know like yeah it's a mainstream record but he like when we, sometimes the word mainstream takes away from that talent uh and kind of like sounds like a derogative term it's it's not eddie does it yeah. in a way that it just it's not derogative it's such a compliment eddie is such a phenomenal producer and elena is such a phenomenal voice like vocal talent i'm really looking forward to Playing this single out, watching that music video. Uh, it premieres tonight, I believe, but it will be on our website tomorrow morning, tahi.fm. Check out that music video when we get back to it. Oh, my God. Did you see that in Hurunui they're doing speed dating with the mayor? With the mayor? With the mayor. The mayor, the mayor. I don't know the best way to say it, but uh, the mayor out there is called uh, Marie Black. And they're talking about a new budget in Hurunui that's like putting rates up. Mm. A shocking twist, a budget wants to put rates up. And she's like, you know, let's do some speed dating. Let's talk 101 about the budget. You know, let's let's meet up. And I have this quote from her, which I love because it honestly sounds like she doesn't want to do it either. Yeah, she's like, May always has a hefty workload. But it is a good opportunity to engage with our community. She's like, read between the lines, I'm busy, but I got to do something. Yeah, I feel like this is one of those times where like a young intern would have been really helpful to be like, maybe not speed dating. Like, I don't think speed dating is a thing anymore. You know, like it's it's a very early 2000s type of thing from my remembrance. Like, I feel like I wouldn't have gone. But it kind of makes sense because like you could get a ton of... In theory, if it works, you get a ton of people coming through with a ton of opinions, and you're getting that hard and fast, right? Honestly, <laughs> I think what I kind of like about it is I've got this um, rom-com in my head of, like, <laughs> someone comes along. It's like an unlikely love story, and he's, like, mad about these rates. He's upset, but he gets mm. there, and he's like, hello, you know, and they <laughs> fall in love. So it's like... Um, <laughs> I just was thinking about in different cities, though. Imagine doing it in Auckland. There's so many people, and Wayne Brown goes, yeah, come have a speed date with me to talk about the cones. Yeah. Um, like... A slippy in-between serves, buddy. Yes. <laughs> yeah, in Auckland, it would be you go play tennis doubles with the mayor. Yeah. In Wellington, it would be like you go for a nice walk in Aro Valley with the mayor. Yeah. Like, you know, like... I kind of love it. I think it's kind of funny. It's probably, it's a good way to get uh, good engagement really hard and fast because, yeah, council meetings, like budget meetings, they can be very long mm. and uh, can include a fair bit of fluff. And I feel like speed, speed dating is probably just not the term I, I know, you could have just gone like um, speed like, meeting. Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> I... we're going over bullet points, guys, Speed it sounds dating. like a storyline from, like, Parks and Rec, honestly. Yes. And, like, Leslie Nope speed dates everyone in, in the town. I would slow date Ron Swanson, just saying. I'll slow date Ron slow Swanson, Slow date too. Ron Swanson. Yeah. They got to build me a disc. It's a man right there. Yeah, that's, it's a man right that's a, there. That's a, yeah. That's a manly man right there. <laughs> 
Um, so we, I don't know if you've seen it, but on our TikTok, we put up this like skit. It's is like it? I don't know what to call it when you you just do it's doing a, a TikTok. TikTok. We you did do a TikTok. A TikTok. Yeah, you, that's you, the term, eh? You like, lip sync to the little sound. You do a TikTok sound. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and for those who don't know, so like Tahi, we're our own show, but we're actually based inside of the Radio New Zealand office, and it's uh, a lot of serious journalism happens here. Like genuinely, oh, like yeah. like some really serious journalism, as you would have noted from the Ella Stewart interview we had earlier on the show with Evie. Um, some very incredible work is done around the office, mm. and then there's us. Yeah, and we, <laughs> we, we we like we tried filming a TikTok. We did the um, Music Friday one yeah. the other week, and we were trying to film it in the Farikai in the staff room, and like everyone was so like it was such a weird concept to all the journalists. They didn't like, understand it, and then people kept walking in it, and then I was like, "Oh, I'm filming a TikTok. It'll only be like 15 seconds," yeah. and it's like the energy is well i don't have 15 seconds you know the news is happening right now and it's like all right yeah um, it's like very like the the concept of tiktok is like they were just like in rnz like what the other day i was on midday report uh with charlotte cooks talk about the met gala and it was like the dumbest bit it's me just being Mm. like the met gala is fun for people to look at outfits and then i jump up and the next bit is like someone talking there's airstrikes somewhere there's huge <laughs> like serious news and i'm i felt just so silly in yeah. that moment i was like okay <laughs> yeah i feel like that sometimes because like we walk like to get into our studio we walk through a ton of very serious like oh, award-winning yeah. journalistic shows and we get here and i'm like Hey, how do you think someone in traffic? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's so bad sometimes. Oh, the, but the so the TikTok we filmed the other day um, featured one very much award-winning journalist, Guyon. Yeah, we so got Guyon Espiner on the TikTok. Who, yeah, explain a bit about who Guyon is. Guyon Espiner is I don't know for um, people my age. He used to be the political editor on one of the TV newses, mm. so he was like in the living room mm. um, every night political editor, Guy Nespita. Mm. And now he just sits by us. Um, but he does like in-depth pieces and mm. he did that amazing one this year about lobbying yeah, that's in right, government yeah. and now they're like changing the lobbying laws. Like this guy out here changing yeah, laws. This, this is We're a out life-changing here person. Talking about fighting a horse. Yeah. Hey. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and Evie was like, we were filming our TikToks around the office and Evie was like, Gone, we be on our TikTok. And it was just kind of like, he's going to say no. He said yes. Yeah, he was like, But he, gonna... again, once again, confused by the concept. He's like, what do you want me to do? And we're like, just stand there. And he's <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. and what do you want me to do? And we were like, nothing. Just like, do you, dude. Like, and he was, <laughs> he was so, like, okay. I, yeah, and then I was like, and we're finished. And he was like, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm at least stoked about this idea. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it was his, like, favorite idea he's ever been pitched, but he is in it, so he's, if you want to yeah. see that. You want to see Guyon's incredible acting debut on our TikTok, Tahi is on TikTok, and yeah. you should give us a follow. You and should like give that us reel, a follow. Because we got Guyon in it, and maybe we'll get Guyon again. I very much like the idea of, like, I find filming TikTok in general, like, a really cringy experience. Yeah. I don't know how I go to, like, the, like, you gotta, like, Monaco McDonald's and some kids just filming a TikTok dance like in the car park like very like unapologetically and I'm like I'm like at the same time as I'm like yuck that's cringe I'm also like I wish I had your confidence. Same. I see it and I'm like, damn, I wish that I was you. Like like, me dancing in the street is probably not going to happen ever. But 
pop off, Queen. I mean, do it. Do yeah. the, do, I can't even learn the dances. I was trying to convince you to do one with me. Oh, I'm not going to learn um, a TikTok dance. The, the yeah. Cupid one by 5050, because yeah. I love that song, because it's K-pop. And um, I was going to learn the dance and like teach it to you, but I couldn't learn the dance. I'm also from Glenfield. I don't do TikTok dances. I'm right? so uncoordinated, <laughs> man. <laughs> well, hey, uh, that's, I think that's all the time we got for today. But um, <laughs> Thanks for tuning on in this week. Uh, third week done? No, third week. Third week. Third we week. love it. We're still around. Yeah, we're For still now. around. <laughs> we're still here. Make sure to give us a like, a follow. Stay up to date with everything Tahi's got going on on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Stay in the know. And we will be back when? We will see you next Tuesday. Amen. <laughs> All right. Until we see you then, so far, so before. Enjoy your weekend.